0: And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace
1: Welcome everybody to episode 8 of Trans Regrets Newbie Presents the Bible. I have Stacey with me today to talk about the Lord as our shepherd. Um, primarily, we'll be starting in Psalm 23. Welcome, Stacy. Hi. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me.
0: It's really good to be on my very first podcast episode ever.
1: <laughs> I'm so honored. We've known each other for a while, so um, when you expressed some interest in, in doing this, I thought, um, oh, it's perfect. That's so, that's so awesome. Um, tell me a little bit about your uh, story and how faith plays a part in your life.
0: Well, I grew up in a very evangelical household, so I've known Jesus all my life. Um, my grandpa's a missionary, and he still does missionary work at 89. He actually um, does missionary work, particularly in Central America, so I learned a lot from him. And my grandma, who was like a mother to me, she was— pretty much a theologian. She uh, read her Bible religiously every single day. And uh, we had Bible study in my household very often. And my grandma just played an important role in my life. And I don't think I'd even have a basic understanding of the Bible if it weren't for her. And um, we are going to talk about Psalm 23 today. And that is one of her favorite Psalms. So, um, I've, I've been a Christian most of my life, you know, like I've, there's been times where I've, you know, been a bit of a backslider, but I always come back to Jesus, you know, like he is an important part of my life. And, uh, my family made sure to teach me that whenever we did Bible study and whatnot. And, uh, I'm just very happy I get to share this with, with everyone.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, as, as far as um, backsliding or, or drifting, um, we'll read about that phenomenon and how natural it is, and and how God will always um, wait for us and will always bring us back if we allow if we allow Him to. So um, that's great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Okay, so we'll start with um, Psalm twenty three. As usual, I'm starting with the ESV as my sort of go-to translation. Obviously, the most of the translations on this particular psalm aren't drastically different because it is so um, so well known, and um, the message is pretty concrete. But I will be jumping between different translations, and I'll try as much as I can to keep people um, aware if I'm if I'm going to jump to something drastically different and, and give some more context. So, okay. The Lord is my shepherd, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We'll pause there. So the setup is established right away. Um, The Lord is a shepherd, physically a shepherd of His people, but He's also bringing us to um, places of plenty, um, green pastures, and still waters. And the still waters is um, having to do with sheep supposedly being averse to running water, and so God is bringing us to the still waters, or damming up the water for us so that we can drink. He restores my soul. And he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. So it's not just saying that he's giving us all these things, but he's leading us down a path of um, of walking the right way, of, of living righteously f- for him. Right. For first impressions.
0: Well, you know... When I think about this psalm, I just think about how, you know, we're all lost sheep and God finds us and cares for us. And um, him being the shepherd in our lives, you know, it's just like, you know, there's there's so many important people in our lives, just like God is, you know, and he puts these people in our lives to you know, like help, not what, what would be
1: the word? Uh, To sort of mentor or to, um, to teach is, it seems like kind of what you're getting at. I mean, the, the way that God is, um, is patient and giving is the same way that people in our lives are with us that, that raise us or, or teach us.
0: That's, that's right. Yeah. And I, that's, What I get when I read this, you know, like, uh, for instance, like my grandma, like she definitely was the person that I would go to whenever I felt like, you know, I was losing my faith in God. And she would always remind me, you know, that he was there and he was always watching us and listening to our prayers. And we just have to call his name out And I think the same way for, you know, the people he puts in our lives, you know, we, we reach out to somebody when we need them. Right. And someone like my grandma, like she was somebody that I would reach out to whenever I felt like not only my life was crumbling apart, but also when I was losing my faith in God and she would definitely like help restore that faith I had, I lost. And, um, I think about that when I read this psalm. I think about how I'm not alone and when I feel like I'm lost and when I feel like I'm just alone and and don't have anyone around, you know, God's there and he'll lead me back to where I belong.
1: I think I chose this particular kind of um, framework for what we're doing because of the way that the world is right now. I mean, not just because the last few episodes have been like really heavy and kind of laden with death and and um, not, so, not maybe the most inspirational messages, but in a world that is like ours, where we feel um, rudderless in a, a giant sea of uh, moral absence. We feel like lost in this enormous forest of unknowing. Um, in the modern world, which has formed itself, I think, by design to be kind of godless and and um, relativist, having someone to take their rod and kind of guide us along is something that we all need. And, and especially right now where so many of us feel so lost, um, it's an immense comfort to me to know that as long as I extend my um, as long as I extend my attention, as long as I extend my gratitude, my prayers, and as, and, and as long as I continue on the path, I'm never going to be alone. And there's always going to be somebody that's going to be sort of guiding me back to to where I need to be. And And of course, I'll get lost from time to time.
0: Yeah, I feel like, you know, it's important we have God-given role models in our life. No matter how old we are, it's just good to know that there's somebody out there that can be a crutch for us whenever we feel like we're losing hope, losing strength. And God puts people in our lives we can hold on to when things get tough. Like, you know, we are living in pretty bad times. And uh I feel like we need to hold on to the people in our lives who are near and dear to us because it's like, you know, you You just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what the future holds, but then you remember that the world is in God's hands and he also created the people in this world who will help us get through the tough times in our lives. So I often find comfort in Psalm 23 because of that, just knowing that, you know, God's there and the people he created and put in our lives to hold on to when things get tough
1: They're also around too. I am so grateful for the family that I have, and I'm so grateful for the people that I've been able to connect to in my life. And they are absolutely acting as as they're called to to be stewards of Jesus's love and to spread the um, to spread that love to everyone. But um, their effect on us is invaluable. It's, it's so important that we have some kind of community or guidance. And, and sometimes those things are that one and the same, and other times uh, there is an, another sort of authoritative guidance as opposed to a, a communal guidance. But this is where we get to the scary part of uh, Psalm 23 in verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death... I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So it's a foregone conclusion that we will experience terror and fear and, and, and be alone. But God's there with two things, a rod and a staff. The staff to be, uh, to be a guide for the sheep and the rod to, to um, defend against, um, against predator animals, which is such a beautiful uh, metaphor. I love it so much. Yes. The voice translation uses this phrasing, which I found interesting, too. Even in the unending shadows of death's darkness, I am not overcome by fear, because you are with me in those dark moments." Near with your protection and guidance, I am comforted. You are with me in those dark moments, um, making it a much more, to me, um, human-feeling passage, talking specifically about the dark moments that we go through in our lives, which are plenty for some of us.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. My grandma once told me I would rather walk into the dark with Jesus than walk into the light on my own. And that resonates with me to this day. I often think about how, no matter how scary things are out there or in your life, really, um, God is just, you know, a prayer away. You call on to His name and He's right there. And a lot of people seem to forget that, you know, when they're going through tough times and when things do seem scary as they are now all over the world. But God is our comfort. He is just, He's just there, you know, and He's always there. And people seem to forget that a lot. And it's just, it just takes, you know, opening up your Bible and reading this one Psalm to remind you that God is everywhere. He never will leave you, you know. Um, and it's just such a beautiful thing to just know that no matter how tough a situation can be as long as you're living and breathing it's not impossible for god to fix that you know as long as you're in this world and as long as you call on to his name he's just there you know i i can't say it enough and it's just so great to know that um he also put people you know like you <laughs> you've been my friend for years, mm. my family in my life to you know talk to whenever things get bad but it's just just so wonderful to know that we're never walking in the dark alone. We're always walking with Jesus as long as we remember he's there
1: and he's there to to help us if we Answer the call. If we look for the staff, if we, you know, this is like a two-way street, right? It's it's not that he never he never stops loving us. He will always love us. God is always on our side. But in order to to get that guidance, in order to get that that love, you have to listen. There's, um, uh, I've, I've sort of talked a little bit about like the essential Christian books that I've been trying to kind of dig into since I've I've come back to God. And the the book, The Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, has this passage um, in the section called The Church and the Life of Discipleship. Um, If you would hear the call of Jesus, you need no personal revelation. All you have to do is to hear the sermon and receive the sacrament, that is, to hear the gospel of Christ crucified and risen. You have to hear. That's what you have to do. It's not simply... Um, that salvation is always there, um, although the option is always there, but you have to listen, you have to be willing to follow the guidance um, because it's uh, it's true. We're not alone. we're never alone as as scary of a uh, of a concept as that is for, I'm sure for some people to think about.
0: right. We are willing to have God in our lives and have him lead our lives into the right direction. We are definitely never alone. Um, you know, God's just waiting for us to call his name and we tend to forget that he is there because we get so wrapped up in our, in our problems and whatever scary thing the world is right now. And we just forget that, you know, God's waiting on us. He just wants us to call his name and, you know, ask him for for guidance, for help. And uh, yeah, I always think about that um, when I'm in my darkest hour.
1: And don't think that God is too busy for you because he's never too busy. Trust me, he's got all the time in the world. He literally is outside of time. So there's never a bad time for you to pray. There's never a bad time for you to to hear or try to listen to God, or try to speak to God, because it's always, um, it's always going to help, even if you don't understand how it's helping at the time.
0: That's right, and you know, a lot of people tend to forget that, you know, God is not a human being. He's not too busy for you. He's not like doing something else when you decide to call his name. You know, God's an all-knowing, all-powerful being, and he can help so many people at the same time. Like hundreds of people could call out his name simultaneously, and he'd help them all. And that's the beauty of it, you know, that God is not, He's not a human being, you know, he is an almighty being. And it's, he's never too busy for us. He's never like, you know, God's not like people who are like, oh, you know, I don't have time for you. I I got to post a meme online or some stupid <laughs> thing like that. God actually does care. You know, he does prioritize you. He prioritizes you because you are his child and he made you and I want a lot of people to remember that whenever they are going through the darkest times of their life. And I know a lot of people are going through that right now in this year. So it's just so good to know that there's somebody out there who will always be around for us whenever
1: we need him. And it's hard sometimes to to fathom God um, in in the Bible In many, many, many places we have him. Um, anthropomorphized not just as as Jesus on earth in a human body, but as a shepherd, as a judge, as um, we've created a God that is um, in our minds at times this 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 soul person. But God is a, a, a fire, a consuming fire. God is an enormous, being beyond our our comprehension. Behind, think about the size of our galaxy, and think about all of the other galaxies out there. Um, the creator of such an enormous um, of such an enormous universe does not run out of time to accomplish things. It does not run out of time to listen to you. And just like the the people in our lives, going back to our earlier point. The people that really, truly love you will nine times out of 10 or more set aside what they're doing if they're busy and help you anyway, because they love you, because they care for you, because they want you to succeed. They want you to be happy and healthy.
0: That's right.
1: The bit in verse five, which is sort of our closing stanza, um, is also kind of really rich language. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a nice um, nice optimistic ending. <laughs> yeah. It's um, the, the note here. Uh, In the translation for the ESV, there's a note at the end where it says forever, and it says for length of days, which almost has a different kind of sound to it. The NRSV uses essentially the same wording, my whole life long, but all three of those things kind of mean different things forever is in eternity, before time, and after time, uh, and in time forever. The length of days, days are, are finite amounts of time within our lives, and my whole life long speaks specifically of um, one person's experience and their life specifically. So I found it really interesting to try to sort of jump back and forth between those. And knowing that this was something that obviously they took a liberty with, with the Hebrew translation, in the ESV, um, really fascinates me.
0: Right. Yeah. It really is a comforting ending, you know. And I'd actually like to talk about um, Isaiah uh, chapter 40, verse 11, which is kind of reminds me a lot of Psalm 23, if you don't mind me reading it.
1: Absolutely. Please do.
0: He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. So it talks about how God is our shepherd, like a father to us, you know, and he just wants us to be safe in his arms and He. Is guiding us to safety. And that's what I love about Psalm 23 and this, um, this chapter and verse that I just read that, you know, God is like a big father in the sky. You know, he really is watching over his children and making sure they're safe. And it's just so comforting to know, even if you don't have an actual mother or father in your life, you have a heavenly father who created you in his image and who just wants you to be safe and cared for and loved in the most tumultuous times in your life. And he's always around. And when I read this, I think of it like that. Like I think of God being a father that I never really had, and how he just wants me to be safe when I feel like I'm alone and lost. So this is definitely something that reminds me of Psalm 23, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11.
1: That's a great passage, and that um, that particular section, I find this shepherd concept, which is prevalent in both the Old and the New Testament. Is complicated a little bit, um, especially considering Isaiah, who was a prophet, that made a lot of the predictions that are credited for um, predicting the arrival of Jesus Christ, um, that Jesus was known as the the um, the Lamb of God. Jesus was known as the sacrificial lamb at the you know at, at the end of his his stay here with us and his resurrection, that he became the lamb like we are the lambs. we are the sheep. Um, but that basically is saying God took himself from his high place as the shepherd, created a, a part of him, essentially, that Jesus was God, and came down and became one of us um, to to teach, to sacrifice. Uh, So those are two different things, right? He came down to preach, to spread the word of God to, um, he was a, you know, a, a wonderful preacher and a teacher and a leader. And he had apostles, but he was also one of the sheep. He was also one with us.
0: Which I'd like to follow with Revelation 7, um, verse 17, which talks about that. For the Lamb, which in the midst of the throne, shall feed them and lead them onto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. It's just so beautiful. That is beautiful. And it really does bring an actual tear to my eye, just knowing that God is just, you know, right there, just waiting to wipe our tears away. And he is the shepherd and the lamb, which is what I find amazing, you know, because he's pure and free of sin. And that's why the Bible often um, compares him to a lamb. But he's also a shepherd who takes care of his sheep. And I really do love this. This is really close to my heart. And whenever I read it, it does make me a little emotional.
1: You know, it's um, in a time where so many are lacking, in a time where so many have lost their, their jobs or have lost their livelihoods in some way or another, um, have lost their lives, have lost family members, when, when we feel that just a deep sense of loss in the world, that God spreads a table for us, that God fills our cup and overflows the cup with His love and His mercy is so comforting and it is um, yeah, it's absolutely beautiful it's so um, it's so perfect um, in this fallen world in this uh, this world that challenges us over and over again with evil and loss that there is a God that will refill your cup at all times the the bit about um, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies tripped me up a little bit. So I had to go to the voice there to kind of really get the full understanding. They're saying you spread out a table before me provisions in the midst of attack from my enemies. So while I think my, my initial reading was like saying you you prepare a table for me with my enemies, um, you know, you are giving me plenty when I struggle against the people that challenge me, against the people that are my enemies, not uh, not that I'm eating dinner with that. That same translation uh, in verse 6 says, Certainly your faithful protection and loving provision will pursue me where I go always and evermore. Um, follow me versus pursue me, again, is an interesting choice of words because pursue makes it sound... Um, a little more active on the part of God, whereas the um, the goodness and mercy mercy following me just kind of sound like this oral presence, you know, this sort of like a halo of, of these things.
0: Right. Yeah, I I agree with all that. It's just it's just so it's amazing that, you know, even if everyone is the whole world has turned against us, you know, God will always be on our side, you know, and he will bless us right in front of our enemies, just like, um, this verse says. And, uh, It's just so, it's truly comforting. I know I've said that a million times, but it's so comforting to know that, you know, when you feel like everything's just falling apart, that you know, God is going to bless you and love you and give you everything you could ever want and need. Like no human could ever be able to give that to you. And, you know, what better, um, person or being than God, the person who the one who created you to do that for you, because he knows your wants. He knows your needs. He knows um, how difficult it is for you you to get by in a world like this. And uh, he will bless you and he will, you know, be with you no matter what you're going through. And I, as a person, you know, who has a lot of enemies because I am very honest and perhaps I do say more than I actually should be saying, but I know God loves me for who I am. And I know that even if like the whole world would turn against me, he's always going to have my back. And uh, I've been blessed by him, even when things seem like, you know, things seem so hopeless and i feel like i'm all alone in this world i'm still alive because of him i'm still i'm still here talking to you because of him um his love and strength that my grandma talked to me about when i was younger still lives with me now as i grew older as an adult and i'm just so happy to say that if it weren't for having an understanding of the Word of God and um, His love for us, I would not be around today. And it's just amazing to know that no matter what I do or what I say, He's, he's continuously blessing me because I believe in Him and I still seek Him. And it's just so important that we don't forget that He exists
1: uh, he, he forgives and forgives and forgives. So even if we are the, the sheep that strays from the flock, um, nine would be left together and the shepherd will go and get the one and bring it back, not just continue walking and go, well, I guess that one's, I guess that one's gone for good. Um, and we're never gone for good. Even if we think that we've done too much uh, even if we think that we've um, that we've gone beyond the pale of, of what could possibly be forgiven, as people, we are blessed with forgiveness. as as people, we are blessed uh, to confess our sins to try to make right by them and um, and we'll be, we'll be right back. You know we'll be right back in the in the flock and and Jesus won't won't even give it a second thought.
0: That's right. And you know it's yeah like we often think about like animals who have to leave behind a lot of their you know children. So the ones that you know, I guess I don't know. Like I've I've watched a lot of nature documentaries where I see like uh, an ostrich leaving behind their hatching eggs so they can save their current babies, and it's just it's just sad, you know, to see that you know. Animals will abandon their children sometimes, but God wouldn't do that to us, you know. I I know it's a it's a funny example, but like it's just so sad to think that even human beings will do that. They will abandon their children and neglect them. And it's something that our creator would not do. He would absolutely not do that to us, and he would make sure that all of us are safe. He would not leave, as you've said. Um, He wouldn't leave a single one of us behind. He would make sure all of us are safe and loved and cared for in His presence. And I think that's beautiful.
1: God's love is perfect. And that doesn't mean that we're never going to suffer. And it doesn't mean that we're never going to have issues, be they ones that we cause through our actions or, or ones that we... Um, that, that happened to us because of other evil in the world and because of things that, that can't be understood or explained. But God's love is perfect and it's always there. So even if you suffer momentarily, the comfort of God's love is is always there with you. And and all you have to do is just turn your eyes up and listen better and um, be repentant if you have something to repent for. But... Um, but know that that comfort is always there.
0: Yeah, and it's just amazing that, you know, all our suffering in this world isn't in vain, you know. Um, God can make our stay on this planet more comforting, less troublesome for us, I guess, I think that, you know, we will be rewarded in the end, you know, as long as we have God in our hearts, as long as we call on to Him, as long as we seek Him for comfort. And, you know, He's 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 just there and He's just waiting for us to call His name. And no matter how much we suffer on this earth, you know, we know that there is a better life ahead of us where there's no sorrows, no tears, no pain. And God is waiting for us. You know, that is our great, the greatest reward we could look forward to while we're on this world, you know, while we're we're on this planet. Um, We just live a godly life and we seek God when we, when we feel like we're losing our strength or when we feel like we're being led astray by others or any situation that we have that may be during that. um, Just know that God's there and that, you know, uh, heaven awaits us. And uh, if we are good and if we just follow His Word and if we, you know, are faithful to Him, we will um, find paradise and we actually won't suffer
1: anymore. And belief is uh, slippery. it's difficult. Being faithful to God and continuing to believe in a world that at times seems so adversarial and so difficult and um, and overwhelms us at times with with tragedy and suffering um, is it, it's hard to keep your faith but, what I would implore for people that um, that do have doubts is to try to power through them. Because speaking, at least from my personal experience, um, allowing yourself to continue down a path, even if the path seems um, at times not the most logical one in your head, um, your life will be improved. I'm sure sheep don't always know where the shepherd is leading them. Right. Um, sometimes they just have to follow. We can um, jump up to uh, Psalm 121. Speaking of uh, God helping us, this is titled in the ESV My Help Comes from the Lord, a song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved, he who keeps you will not slumber. It's so, it's a few different metaphors here. We're not strictly in the shepherd territory anymore. He's a a shield from the sunlight, but he's also a shield from the moon. He is watching us, he's helping us, and he never sleeps. The the message here is that the love of God and the help of God is relentless, um, and that when you go... And when you return, when you're traveling, and when you are sleeping, and in anything that you do, that love is there, that guidance and that help is there.
0: Right. And yeah, it's again, you know, like God is so many things other than the shepherd, like this uh, Psalm says, he is a shield, you know, he and uh i it's it's just so wonderful to know that you know god is basically like everything in your life he's your protector he's your father he's your your brother your shepherd your friend and it's it's we can find all the things we feel like we're lacking in our in our lives in one being and that's god and you know he made the heavens he made the earth and uh, he knows your heart he knows uh he knows you he you're his creation and he will protect you like a mother or a father would protect their children and i think it's just amazing to know that you know n- nothing absolutely nothing can stop god from protecting you there's absolutely nothing in this world that could prevent him from helping you because he is an all-powerful being and when i read this um so i'm reading the the new international version and it says the lord will keep you from all harm he will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. So God sees you since birth and as you grow into an adult until the day you leave this world. And He's just watching you since the beginning till the end. And it's just amazing to know that, you know, that there is someone out there when you feel like everyone else, you know, is passing away, unfortunately, because that's just life. We do lose our parents, our grandparents at some point, but God will always be watching us and caring for us and making sure that, you know, we're safe in his arms, you know, until we're like 100 years old, if we live up to that point. And I think that's, that's just incredible. You know, I, 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 I've been, a believer all my life. And when I, whenever I think about God, just being someone who's been watching me since I was born up until however long I live, it's just amazing to know that I truly am not alone and that I do have a father, a heavenly father who is keeping an eye on me.
1: The, um, this conceit that they use in the Psalms, they often use of asking a rhetorical question or like asking questions of God, not questioning God per se, but like just asking this question is like immediately answered in this Psalm, whereas in other Psalms that do this same thing, it usually takes a little while. If oh, woe is me. Uh, my enemies are succeeding and, and, and my people are suffering and and we're starving or we're thirsty or whatever. And in this one, it's like, Bam, there's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And the heaven and earth comment too I found interesting because there are references throughout the Bible of not of God being the creator of hell, but holding the keys to hell, holding the keys to the, 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 the world of death. And um, in this specifically, that's not even in the conversation. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth period.
0: yeah, it's so clear, and if like people don't know who to go to whenever they need comfort, this psalm just says it, I don't think it can get any clearer than that. My help comes from the <laughs> Lord, and um wow it's 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 amazing. I am. Um, I really don't have any words right now, so I'll let you take over
1: right now. The um, the bit about slumber, about sleeping, I, I think was uh, particularly resonant to me because of the um, story of Jesus going to pray uh, in the middle of the night with the apostles that came with him and the apostles fall asleep while he's praying and um and he comes back and he wakes them up and he says, "What are you doing? You know, you can't you can't fall asleep. We're we've got work to do here. We're praying." And uh, and they go, "Okay, okay, okay. We'll get back to it." And then, of course, Jesus leaves again and and goes and he's having this sort of conversation with God. Um, I will probably do an episode about that particular um, that particular passage as well because I think it says a lot about Jesus as a man uh, and Jesus as God. But um, that. In in Psalm one twenty one, the Lord will neither slumber nor sleep. Um, he keeps you and and is relentless in keeping you. Um, that's something only God can do. We are humans. We need to sleep. We need to rest. We need food. We need water. We need all of these things that God provides. But God doesn't need that. He doesn't even need to sleep. He's just he's just there. He's watching and um and it sometimes it can it can feel hard to to understand that it can feel hard it's like well if all this terrible stuff is happening to me how is he watching it doesn't mean that he's not uh, that he's not watching it's, at times there may be things that um, that are caused by forces of evil there may be things that are caused by our own actions and we were given free will so don't take necessarily uh, a things that go wrong in your life as a sign that um, that God's not listening and God's not watching. Um, I wanted to just uh, kind of breeze through the voice translation of this because it's it's a little different. It obviously sets the same very clear message, but I kind of like the language they use in this a little bit better. Um, it says Psalm, Psalm 121, a song for those journeying to worship. Uh, I look at the vast size of the mountains. From where will my help come in times of trouble? The eternal creator of heaven and earth and these mountains will send the help I need. He holds you firmly in place, He will not let you fall. This, I'm imagining, uh, the high places that God allows us to walk on because He's given us cloven or has given us hooves. to to walk on, on mountainsides. He holds you firmly in place, he will not let you fall. He who keeps you will never take his eyes off you and never drift off to sleep, what a relief. The one who watches over Israel never leaves for rest or sleep. The eternal keeps you safe, so close to him that his shadow is a cooling shade to you. Neither bright light of sun nor dim light of moon will harm you. The eternal will keep you safe from all of life's evils. From your first breath to the last breath you breathe, from this day and forever. I love the little fill-in phrases that they throw in there, and, and, and um, grammatically, obviously, I think it's it's a little easier to read through because it has a more modern sound to it. But um, he will keep you so close to him that his shadow is a cooling shade to you is so much more of a visual-sounding metaphor than um, that the uh, the... Your shade at your right hand, the sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. It's saying the same thing. I just, I really love the way that they did this. I, I recommend this Bible, not as uh, necessarily the voice as your go-to, um, because it does seem to take a lot of creative liberties at certain points, but if ever you have trouble cracking through a passage as something that you, um, you just don't really understand what they're trying to say. Translations like this do it really well without necessarily dumbing it down. At, at times, some of the easy to read versions can feel kind of like rudimentary, which is fine. And I don't judge people on their like reading level or whatever. But if we're approaching this, and, and I try to as much as possible, even though I am a believer and someone who believes very strongly in, in the words here, um, I try to approach this from some some kind of like an academic. Uh, approach as well. And sometimes you just need a little, you need extra footnotes.
0: Right. It's amazing. I mean, like when you've read that translation to me, it just like, I don't know, it, it really does resonate with me. It does. It's, it's amazing. Like just how, how much more clear it is when you actually read it like that. And yeah, I do love those little fill in phrases too. It really does add so much more, uh, understanding to the actual Psalm. And, uh, yeah, I do recommend people, you know, read that
1: in the, you know, it's, 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 it's great. <laughs> and, um, uh, they, they do the courtesy of anything that seems to be like kind of, a um... Uh, a creative liberty that they're taking or, like, a phrase that that clarifies without changing the message, but clarifies but adds in. They put that all in italics so they're like, no, you're not really going to find any scriptural basis necessarily for this line. It's just trying to make it um, a little clearer. Uh, there was one more psalm that I kind of wanted to touch on. I don't I don't know that we'll go all the way through it, but this is um, Psalm 46. This is not necessarily Again, speaking specifically of the, the shepherd, um, but there's a mention of, of water here and a river. Um, and this, uh, this idea that we were led beside still waters by God who led us there to drink and, and be nourished. Um, this casts water in a different kind of light. So I'm just going to read kind of the first two stanzas here in Psalm 46. Uh, God is our fortress... Uh, To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. This river is given a female pronouns here, which I found interesting. Um, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So this, to me, speaks more to the rod than the staff, right? When we talked about Psalm twenty-three, this is a protection, a fortress, because of these um, forces beyond our control. The mountains moving into the sea. Again, with with this psalm, it's not the most creatively um, uh, interpretive. I, I I feel like the the messages here are again relatively clear, although the odd bits turns of phrase. I think I mentioned that the river is being mentioned too as, uh, with female pronouns, although I think reading back here, the city of God is probably what's being referred to as her and she, because I believe nations at that time were given sort of like a female characteristic. Um, but the, uh, the river whose streams make glad the city of God, um, this is not, I don't think, the river with the roaring the, 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 a part of the sea of, of uh, roaring and foaming waters um, that, that make the mountains tremble, but uh, rather a river that feeds the city of God being um, the people of God, that um, this river, uh, again, brings us um, happiness, makes glad the city of God. And um, th- there's this sort of like nagging, um, nationalism that, that feeds throughout a lot of Psalms. And, and really you see it in, in most biblical texts, because at that time things were fairly tribal, things were fairly, um, intense in that way. And of course then any God that was, um, that was, you know, truly all powerful would obviously be looking out for, this particular city or this particular tribe or this particular group of people. But I think it's much easier now in, in our modern context to do away with that kind of thinking, if you can, in in favor of the message that was much more prevalent in the New Testament, which was inclusion and bringing in. And that there is a nation of God, there is a kingdom of God, but in it is all people that listen all people that hear God and speak to God and worship God. That is not a national distinction. It has nothing to do with Israel. It has nothing to do with uh, a particular tribe of, or group of people. The message of God is to, is to include. Um, that love, I believe, is possibly this river, uh, that the streams may glad the city of God. I think that in this way the water is being used not just as nourishment, but as like a love and a protection. Um, yeah, I don't know if I had a lot more to 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 say on that. The the, the wording in the last stanza gets pretty intense uh, because uh, God.
0: yeah that's very intense (laughs) that's wow (laughs) yeah I really don't have much to say about it other than it's very clear right there you know that's just God describing you know how powerful he is and how um, strong and uh, yeah I I, I don't have much to say it's really it's pretty clear I guess you know
1: (laughs) in the in the um in the idea of a shepherd as a leader and god as the the eternal source of peace that he makes these wars cease by literally like exploding these weapons and lighting the lighting the chariots on fire and in that way brings peace is just amazing to me and it's one of those kind of it's one of those kind of things that logically i think you go well that's not that's not peaceful but it is also to me like showing the awe that we are that we owe to God for his for his great actions for for the things that he's done to bring us peace and to bring us um, guidance um, and to bring us love uh, sometimes he's got he, he makes a show of it and um and that's great.
0: It um, is awesome and I've noticed. You know, when reading the Old Testament, God is very angry. But when you move on to the New Testament, Jesus is, is Jesus is a complete opposite, as in he is calm and forgiving and sweet, you know, like he doesn't ever speak angrily like God does. You know, God, he gets really upset. And uh, if he has to, you know, like like we're reading over here, like destroy something, he will do it. And I think that is awesome. I really do. And uh, But that doesn't mean we should be afraid of God. I think people think that, you know, fearing God means like just trembling in the corner like a wet chihuahua and being like, please, God, don't <laughs> hurt me. No, it's just God is powerful. And God, you know, is powerful enough to punish people and to destroy people because He's God. But at the same time, we should not be afraid of him. You know, I feel like if we approach him with the same love and and care that he has for his people, he will protect us and he won't hurt us. And, you know, to think that God is a, a mean God who will just, you know, strike us whenever we fail is just ridiculous because that is not the case, you know.
1: Those of us that had a a loving authority figure in our lives that helped to shepherd us, that helped to guide us, were at times, I'm sure, punished by them in some way or another. And that wasn't necessarily a sign that um, those people didn't love us anymore. Actually, usually it was a sign of quite the opposite because they felt it necessary to correct a behavior that might have caused us destruction or might have caused us pain down the road. But again, that's not... um, yeah, I'm, you know, it, it's not like um, in the long run that that changes the nature of their love. It is simply them really hoping the best for us. And I think that is the same way that God um, practices punishment. I've never been like a hellfire and brimstone kind of person. Um, I think I've been pretty clear about my take on that sort of thing, but I do think God is capable of, of direct action um, if, uh, you know, if he sees it necessary. And of course, it's clear that it, it he doesn't necessarily see it uh, uh, that way all the time. But in the case where if something like that happens to us and it truly is not a force of evil and not of our own hand, but, uh, but some sort of punishment from God, then take it in stride and snack up and get back with the pack. Because, you know, this is the way that he's trying to improve us and improve our lives. This is not him. Um, merely just going, you know, like uh, somebody flicking uh, an ant off of them or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh Um, I have another poem this week. uh, And before I get into that, though, I wanted to ask if you um, if you wanted to plug anything. Uh, This was a really fun conversation and I feel like it really brought my my soul a little bit more comfort and a little bit of of much needed um, reassurance and love in very difficult times.
0: Oh, same here. Um, I'm very happy I got to share some of the Bible verses that I had written down that were related to Psalm 23. And those were just some of uh, the ones my grandma would read. I've been mentioning my grandma a lot because she was a, a rock in my life and she was very important to me. And I would not have like any understanding of the Bible if it weren't for her or my grandpa either really and I just want to say that you know I'm very happy we had this conversation And to people who follow me on Twitter and who know me as that one Garfield account who says a lot of stuff, well, I have a very big and never-ending faith in God, and my faith is very important to me. And I just want to say, no matter how hard things may seem right now, and no matter how terrible life may be for you, there is hope, and God will always be there, and He's only a prayer away. You just call on to him and he's right there and I can't stress it enough. And, uh, I mean, well, if you want to follow me for, (laughs) uh, Garfield content, um, catheter cutie on, uh, Twitter, and I'm glad I could do the Garfield Snoopy crossover with you today.
1: (laughs) So perfect. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you again, Stacy. This was really, this was cool. And, and, um, and I think that um, the message uh, is not just what we've been talking about. God is with you and God is guiding you and, and God's with us. But truly embrace and love the people in your life that that want the best for you. Um, because we're human beings and we don't we don't stick around forever. So it's so, so important that you connect with the people that have your best interests at heart. Um, be they spiritual or or otherwise. They're... they're they love you the way that God loves you. Um, so open your ears, you know, and, and open your heart. And, and it can be easy to self-isolate, especially right now. But um, reach out and, and um, be, be a part of the, the flock, you know. Okay, the, um, the poem this week is by a poet named Matthew Dickman. The book uh, is All-American Poem, and the poem is called Lucky Number. I am betting all of it tonight, whatever that may be, on the locust and the amber bugs I can't even name, but love the way we love children with a cache of forgiveness and humor. Stumbling through the playground in yellow rain boots and Band-Aids, I'm putting down my chips for the starling, because she sang me out of my hangover, and I am letting my dice roll on the mole who wore glasses in my childhood and wrapped himself up in a blanket near the fire he made in the tiny house beneath the roots of an evergreen. I'm betting my winnings on a friend I was unfaithful to. I'm leaving the blue ribbons of my dishonesty around the doorknobs of women who would have been better off without the impersonations of famous operas I played out on single, full, and queen-sized beds. I want this lucky number to hit so I can look the palm tree in his shaggy face. I'm willing to break the bank for the geese walking along the river's edge like thugs in white overalls. I'm willing to spend my final dollar on a 20 to 1 that the golden retriever I saw last night will win by a nose. Just enough to walk a while with redemption. Some mud on my shoes, a little blood on my clothes. Thanks, everybody.